Welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the The Blue Blue and and White White Brothers. Brothers. Two brothers. Two takes. One team. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue and White Brothers. It is a cold, blustery, and snowy day here in Maryland. I know it's true also in Pennsylvania. Um, I mean, you're not nearly as cold and snowy as we are up here. Fair, fair, fair enough, but I'm looking out my window and like the, the tree branches are glistening with like ice covered through the morning sun. Uh, it's Thursday morning here. The snow has stopped, but um, yeah, we got snow and ice everywhere. Uh, schools are canceled. Um, it's a it's a fun day. It's We're talking Penn State football in December with, I don't know, what do you got up there? 18 inches of snow on the ground or something? Yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, we're probably closer to a foot than we are to 18, but um, certainly really reminds me of some prior Penn State games that I've been to. One game in particular that I I went to when I was, I think I was 12 years old. Um, Now, this was uh, basically a month earlier in the calendar year that this happened in like, uh, I want to say it was like November, later November Maybe the uh, maybe. November eighteenth, I think was wasn't it? Well, the nineteen ninety five Michigan at PS yeah. at PSU game, yeah, November eighteenth, and they had like a, a day or two beforehand. We had a, like an eighteen inch snowfall, you know, and and that's very unusual time of year for Pennsylvania to be getting a snowstorm like that. Yeah, and they, you know, they just. Penn State officials are scrambling to get snow cleared from the, you know, various parking areas that that weren't closed. And Didn't they use like um, convicts to like clear the yeah. snow out of the aisles yeah, or something I mean, like that? I mean, I yeah, they they had they had convicted felons uh, clearing snow from the stadium. <laughs> so they, you were actually there. I, I was there with, that game. with our so father you... Rick's Rick uh, Rick of Rick's picks. Yes, drove me and my two sisters Laura and Carolyn. Um, to the game and over the river and through the woods over the river and through the through the woods to the beaver, beaver stadium, stadium we, we go, go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and and i'll never forget how cold my toes were for that game i was going to say cuz we were like sitting on the box, metal right? we were sitting on the metal but <laughs> I cannot the, uh, believe they it. they couldn't remove all the snow from from under the seats under the under the bleachers they only were able to remove it basically from the aisles, the stairs. So everybody, there was a, an ice locker underneath everyone's, um, ev- under everyone's feet. And and granted, the, the the you know the the field was covered during the snowstorm, so they were able to. The field was totally fine for the game. Yeah, it was covered in a tarp, not in yeah. snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so what the, I mean. the field yeah. was the field was fine. Yeah, but but the the outer rim of the of the field level was encased in these mountains of snow that they had to push <laughs> off to the side when they to be able to remove the tarp. And and of course you know it's like arena I, football <laughs> and and if you recall from earlier in the season when you know we, our our family tickets were um, along the fifty yard line essentially section EE right next to the seniors and I mean just imagine students at a game like this where snow is at everyone's disposal underneath yeah. their feet yeah they're that's picking a up recipe snow for disaster right? and they're you know, they're just drunk and they're just I, having a good time and, and I remember and it's the, Michigan uh, we're playing Michigan yeah all right of course you know I, and I remember the I I, don't, I remember seeing it on television and right. just watching the snowballs like fly yeah, through you, the air do you over not the remember the where you were I don't I don't remember why I didn't go. Um, 
you know, if, if we only had four tickets, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure w- what made that determination other than maybe, I, you know, it was my senior year in high school. Perhaps I had something else that I had to do. I don't know if I was taking the SATs that day or something like that. But uh, yeah, I was not there with you all. Um, I, w- I remember watching it on, on TV. I-, I can imagine I was like, thank God I'm not there because, you know, consoling myself with, <laughs> with not having to be so freezing cold. Right. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to just have, have to sit through that. But um, yeah, no doubt, uh, totally memorable. And we won that game too, didn't we? Well, yeah. So for, first of all, it was a noon kick on, on ABC. So it was a nationally televised game. Um, and it was Lloyd Carr's first year. And we still got... 80,000 people in the stands. That, that, that was before, you know, all the uh, expansion. That's before the big expansion. Yeah, so yeah. It I mean, would have been like 100,000 would have been max capacity. I think, yeah. Something like that, right? Maybe a little less. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, like 96, was it? Something like 96, that. 000. But, anyway, you know, it was freezing pretty cold. Pretty close too. to capacity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, we, we were um, – we ended up winning. I'm just gonna say we ended up winning the game 27 to 17. But but the game clinching touchdown was a 19 yard fake field goal run by hold, you know field goal holder Joe Nastasi. At the time he was a, a sophomore wide receiver and he just breezed into the end zone. Um, oh, I'm it's sorry. Gotta be I, one of the. I might have that wrong. It may have been a 19 yard fake field goal attempt yeah, the field that we got goal was for a first down. Yards. No, no, no. I think the field goal was would oh, have been right. 19 oh, you're yards. Oh, right. you're right. You're right. Yeah. So the right, it was a two yard. Like it was in the yeah. no, it was in the two yard line. That's yeah. right. That's right. That that makes a lot more sense. Um, and and so, Joe 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 was quoted as saying, you know, we were going to run it all all game. We just didn't know when. It felt good, especially against Michigan. I just knew it was going to happen. I wasn't going to be denied on that one. That's a direct quote from from Joe on that. But that was a Brian awesome. a Brian Greasy Amani Toomer. Um, led uh, Michigan Ooh, team. Wow! Um, I bet Brian you know, Greasy remembers that play. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I mean, I mean, Tim Tim Biakabatuko, uh was in that game for Michigan, and that was a, a Wally Richardson led Penn State team with Mike Archie. Um, you know, so just to name some of the some of the players, uh, Bobby Angram was in on that game as well. Yeah, so that would have been a year after yeah, the right. nineteen ninety four undefeated right. team. So some of those players are still with the t- some of those. Players from that previous team were still with the team, um, so yeah. So it should be should be awesome to watch on well, television. Well, what's, what's interesting is, you know, Penn State officials don't have to worry about removing yeah. any of the snow from the stadium or or worry about parking cars outside of it. So logistically, a much lower <laughs> anxiety filled forty eight hours from from snowfall to kickoff. <laughs> I should say so, but it'll be kind of cool to watch from television. I, I imagine that there's not going to be a whole lot of melting uh, between now and Saturday. Yeah, and, the highs and are the, like in the, the in the in the around freezing between now and then. You know, so it'll today. be kind of cool to see. Uh, you know, pictures of the the stadium filled with snow and and things like that. I, I'm looking forward to it. It'll, I mean, just. It, it, you know, a little bit of icing on the cake for for this odd, uh, un, unusual year, but one in which you know Penn State finds finds themselves improbably, you know, compared to where we were earlier in the season, and probably with some momentum and streaking, and all of a sudden feeling good about the program. So, well, so yeah, kind of a nice way to end end in- the season. Interesting tidbit to add to that. Um, I love tidbits. So. You know, we, we took food um, in the car to be able to tailgate uh, outside the the stadium, but it was like too cold, and we were just like, let's just get it. You know, we got there maybe a little bit too late, later than we would w- wanted to be able to tailgate. 
So we were starving after the game and on the drive on the drive home, dad just like pulled into Penn's cave and we like pulled all our food out in the parking lot and just sat there in the, in the snowy. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Well, w- so were vendors not open or was it just that dad's not? I mean, we never really went. We to never get paid vendor. for food yeah. when we were <laughs> the no $40 way. hot dog. No, you know? four, th- three kids and you know, dad, I want this. I want that. And I, we were if we were lucky, we got a hot chocolate. But of yeah. course, those were even yeah. back in the day were like yeah. five bucks for no, a, we were for notoriously a of hot on chocolate. the stingy side of of not getting, you know, those. I mean, I get it. You know, you you can't like getting like as an adult, just me going to get something like I'm not going all out for myself. But if I have three, you know, kids next to me and they all want things, it's just a con- it's just a conundrum. It's a, a can revolving of yeah. door of, Please, you know, can I have this? <laughs> And you don't want to positively reinforce that either. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. like the seagulls from uh, Finding Nemo. Mine, so, mine. so, but also in that game, I, I know we like probably hardly mentioned it, but but you could see, as you said, you know, you could see these snowballs flying down. We, apparently, Mercury Haze was hit in the face, uh, potentially even in the eyeball with a snowball from the from the students and Joe Paul went sprinting down to the student section and starts like lacing in to all these students like Joe was a no nonsense dude like Yeah. But I mean what are you what are you going to stop him? I mean I'm sure <laughs> Joe has the power to stop one almost hit Joe after he was yelling at him so it was it was interesting. It was funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How would you like to be that student like the guy who put out Joe Paterno's eye? I mean Joe wasn't like as feeble in 1990 as he was in like the night, you know, when he started breaking his hips on the sideline 20 years later. <laughs> Gosh. But that game was 25 years ago now, a quarter yeah, wow. of a century. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyway, so hopefully some some uh, more uh, fun memories made for this Penn State team, and um, we'll see what happens uh, playing Iowa this weekend. We'll get into uh, the Iowa game in just a little bit, but uh, we do have some news and notes, um, some things to cover, including signing day. Um, Big Ten has come out with their, um, you know— all team selections. Um, we, we promise to get into the Champions Week situation, and we'll try to do that without going off too. We will too, go. I will no, go off the rails. Uh, we'll see. I will take the, I will take oh. the ship down with me. <laughs> yep. It's a double metaphor yeah. segment, apparently. I'll Ships and metaphor. rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well. Anyway. So, um, and, and we may even talk a little bit about uh, could there be a bowl game in the in the near future for this team. Uh, and then we'll get into the Illinois team and, and everything there. Some interesting things to talk about there. And uh, as alluded to earlier, just a few moments ago, we are crossing our fingers uh, for another Rick's Picks segment. If we can get Rick, or that is our father, on the line, uh, we'll see. We're going to try to do it remotely today. Um, that'll be a first for us. And if we can make the connections happen, we'll, we'll get a pick from Rick. So Tom, yes. So Tom, uh, a couple of interesting news items. The big one is just yesterday, uh, Penn State's uh, early signing day uh, had some really uh, positive things happen, I thought. Yeah, overall, I think it was a, a a solid class. You know, you you don't have that those marquee players like a Micah Parsons or but. Um, uh, we do have Land. Are we going to get into it right now? Or we yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay. Well, well, yeah. We we signed Landon Tangwall, 
uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. We'll learn his name. There's eventually. a chance I'm not. But <laughs> Landon Tangwall, you know, he, he he's probably the um, by far and away the, the star of, of the class. Highest um, rated in, in that sense. And I'll get into more of the particulars of, of who are the, 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 the recruits that became commits of note. Uh, um, but, but basically, you know, yeah, as of Wednesday, and and they're capable of signing someone today. If if you know, True. there's yeah. I forget what his name is, but there's some there's some recruit who's announcing his uh you know where his commitment on Friday, and Penn State is up for Just for his, doing his own commitment. Thing. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then of course I, February is the traditional Second signing period. So any any time between now and then. Anything could happen, essentially. So he, so, but as of now, as of Wednesday, Penn State signed the number nineteen nationally ranked uh, class, and that again, that can change as other commits make their, you know, choices known. Sure, and then uh, the, they'll their ratings may may even change exactly b- between now and then. Although that, a lot of that may be over now that the the football season's over. But you know, there's been a lot of just sort of chatter among the people who follow uh, recruitment. Um, this seems like a down year for Franklin, you know, and, um, you know, I've come to conclude, I don't think that's the case short of not signing like a, a, a big five-star name, like, like Micah Parsons, this is actually very much on par with what Franklin has done. And, uh, part of why I think the overall national ranking, um, is lower is just because they, they have less room to sign players in this class. They have had a couple of larger classes in the last few years. And so, you know, when you have a only, smaller only number... Only 15 commits for this class right yeah, now. Yeah, so when you have a smaller number signed, it actually changes um, how the national recruiting rankings uh, figure you. So if you do it by average star rating and not just national class, it, this is very much on par with, you know, where where Franklin's been in terms of... of you know, the types of players he signed. He hasn't really signed a whole lot of five-star talent over the years. I think the most he, he ever had in any single class was was three five-stars, and that was a couple years ago. Yeah, that was the Micah um, year. The year we signed Micah, he was the only five-star. So, um, oh, right. Oh, right. no, no, no. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're right. There were three the Micah's year, and then I think it was— um, Yeah, it was Micah, Lamont Wade, and uh, the other one escapes me. Um, and last year, I think they signed one five-star. It might have been—was it Kaziah or— um, uh, no, Curtis Jacobs, the linebacker. Oh, right. Curtis Jacobs. So, um, you know, so it's not for, right now. I saw, I saw a stat that like the 90% of the five stars go to a team that's already been in the CFP, uh, semifinals. Right. That's like, that's insane. And that like makes it's, the rich get richer. Absolutely. When you have the, 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 the budgets they have and the staff that they have in place for recruiting Far exceeds that, and also Penn these State. five stars, um, which I think uh, is like only the top thirty players in the country, or something like that, to be a five star. Um, these five stars want to go to some place that's proven they can play in the championship. They think they're the best in the country, and they want to go show it. You know, to me, it's a little short. And the NFL I, pipeline, yeah, right. Basically. Of course, to me, it's a little short sighted. I guess if it's me, I want to go to a program where I can make a difference. You know, but well, I get well, it. I get it. Well, you know. Twenty years ago, uh, just going to go on a little bit of a tangent rant. Let's do it. A, a rant gent, and um, you know, I, these high school kids and college kids definitely care about their own personal brand a lot more than say somebody did twenty to twenty five years ago, where social media didn't exist and 
the only thing that anyone ever heard about you is what other people write about you. But now what you do is you promote yourself like, you know, you're your own agent almost. And and if you're like, yeah, uh, look, at me, look at me in all my Ohio State gear all the time, people associate that with like, oh, they have every year they have like three to five first round draft picks and like you're the next one in line or whatever. So um, it's kind of a lot of it, I think, is image based and and just wanting to belong to like the greater collective of the pipeline to millions of dollars. <laughs> So, but anyways, Penn State fifth. Yeah, fifth so the Big all Ten, that to say, the Big Ten, and all that to say, their again, average that's star rating is pr- almost ninety, whereas Ohio State is like ninety four and a half, um, and that that rating might mean nothing to you, but but say, um, you know, we're ranked behind Wisconsin, who has twenty one commits, and we have an identical average star rating to, right. to Wisconsin's class. So, um, so in terms of average talent level coming into the program, it's a very very high level and you know i think although it's a smaller class because of the numbers that penn state has we can feel encouraged that franklin's continuing to recruit some very top level talent i think the one negative thing that i've heard that that makes sense about this class is that we let let go of some major five-star in-state talent nolan rucci went to wisconsin yeah their one five-star recruit and he's like a, a surefire NFL, like offensive tackle, like road grading, like just solid. Yep. And we and we had two in-state five-star quarterbacks, which I think is right. unusual for Penn, Pennsylvania quarterbacks to get and not the, one, a team not that one, needs but two. a quarterback, yeah. you would think yeah, that, you that could would, convince one of them. That would be nice uh, to, to have had. But, but aside from that... Um, very good talent. And of course, you know, uh, now it's up to development. You know, are these players going to develop now that we have, uh, you know, a good starting point of talent? And I think, so, I think that uh, the other, one of the other factors into why everybody's been kind of down on this class this year is because it was always going to be such a low volume of commits, you know, at, like we said, 15 right now. And that can change, but uh, it, it also got off to a uh, an abnormally slow start as well. Yeah. So so all of that combined with with how the season ended up going for the first five games. Yeah. On top of a new coaching staff, which co- right, your coaches, right. of course, are key recruiters. So some of those new these new coaches are you know um, taking over recruitment of players that were started by the previous you know like Ricky Ronnie for example or. Um, you know, one of the other, uh, you know, players. So, uh, you know, all that to say there, there have been some challenges. You're trying to f- convince recruits to come to Penn State when you can't get them on campus. Um, you know, Franklin mentioned some of that in his uh, weekly press conference that that's been a challenge. And, you know, especially if you're not from Pennsylvania, you've never been to Penn State before. You know, it might be a little bit like trying to convince someone to go to Nebraska, you know, yeah. for all they know. I mean, central Pennsylvania, we, we grew up there. We love it. We think it's beautiful. Penn State's a wonderful campus. I spent four years of my life there. Why wouldn't anyone love it? But, you know, if you don't have the experience or the frame of reference, that's it's it's a much harder sell to get like a recruit from Florida or, um, you know, California, Texas, or even the state of Michigan, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so, well, with the state of Michigan, what, what's interesting about this class is 
Um, apparently, we've rec- recruited more of Michigan's top-rated prospects than both Michigan and Michigan State were able to. So we talk about Penn State not recruiting in-state well, but Michigan and Michigan State have not recruited in in their home state as well as we recruited in their state. So there's a give and take there uh, where, where you're getting recruits from. It, it seems as though... Penn State is is growing their national recruiting, um, you know, tactics a little bit further because because Pennsylvania over the last thirty years the number the numbers continue to decrease in terms of like top flight talent. It's just for whatever reason it just. And Franklin said overall high school enrollment in Pennsylvania is down. Right. So right. You know, just in terms of numbers game, you're just going to... So, well, yeah, when you don't get those higher-rated recruits at Pennsylvania, when as they th- those numbers begin to dwindle, it gets magnified for Penn State in terms of, uh, you know, you're not getting these guys. Well, there's less to choose from on top of not getting them. So it just, it, lo- it looks it looks worse than what than what it would typically when you have, a, you know, a buffet of them as we had 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing, you know, Penn State recruit the state of Florida pretty well. We continue right. to recruit regionally well in the, the, the state of Virginia, for example. Um, you know, I, I think a big factor is can, can we get to the playoff some year in the next year two right. or three if we can that's gonna that's gonna continue to open up Penn State as a destination for national level recruits as we just said that's where these top five stars and, yeah. and top four stars want to go to to a school that can reasonably say come play for a national championship with us I think getting to that playoff um, would would open you know open the door to, to some of those folks but but right. the fact that we haven't done that and and Franklin's you know, continue to have, you know, top 10, top 15 recruit classes and put great talent on the field. Uh, we see that, I think, this year with some of our, our wide receivers and our running backs. We have really good young talent. And uh, and this is this is a smaller class, but one that is on par with with what Franklin's done. And, uh, just and to- one good one good thing that he did say about uh, about this class and previous classes that he's been signing with Penn State, he said they've had uh, very little drama on signing day. Yeah, uh, the guys that they're supposed to get end up actually signing instead of like curveball, you know. And he said that's been um, it's been that way because both he and his recruits um, they they uh, practice you know r- transparency, like legitimate transparency. Yeah, so they, like, hey, let's they, be they honest wanna... with each other. Yeah, and I think that's part of. Uh, you know, the type of player that they want to recruit. Uh, one of the things Franklin frequently mentions, uh, he mentioned it last week talking about some of his seniors and this week talking about some of the recruits, good relationships with their families, you know. So, you know, for Franklin, it's it, he's he's recruiting not just the individual player, but building relationships with the whole family. That's right. important to him. Um, and so I imagine that helps with some of the, some of that um, lack of drama, which in my, my mind, anytime you can minimize drama, <laughs> that's always a good thing. Um, so you mentioned um, Langdon Tangwell as the, as a top recruit um, of this class in terms of his national ranking. Yeah. Um, there are a couple, just a couple other notable names that you may all be hearing um in the next year or so, Lonnie White Jr., uh, he's a, a wide receiver, uh, a real stud coming out of uh, Malvern Prep, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, d- did you know, Tom, he is projected to be a potential first-round draft pick for the ma- for Major League Baseball? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So I understand that it's still a possibility he could choose baseball 
Although I assume the fact that he's now signed with Penn State maybe says that's that's what he's Sounds leaning like he wants toward. To go to college first, and, I hope and you so. can play. I think you can play pro ball even when you're like yeah, right out college. of high school. A lot of guys do that. <laughs> no, I think you I can don't... play while you're in college. Oh, I don't. I think in uh, some cases you can at least like there are, there are cases do. of I, that. I'm not. If I were Franklin, I wouldn't. In any that. case, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to gloss over Landon Tangwall as just being a top uh, signee. First of all, he he is our the star of the of the whole class. Um, he was the number one recruit in all of Maryland. He's the number seven offensive line uh, recruit in the country, and he's the number fifty overall recruit in the country at any position. Um, so, t- we're, and for what it's worth, he's coming early to sign or to um, enroll mm-hmm. in January. So we're going to get him on campus here. <laughs> you know, as soon as the break is over. That's well, I think up. as we've Quit. seen, the the offensive line has such a huge impact on on you know the college football. I mean, it's true in any on any level, but you know, it's sort of that that sort of behind the scenes, the things you don't really think about until it's a problem. If you have a great offensive line, there's so many things you can do, and if you have struggles on the offensive line, you know your your um, skill. Player talent is not necessarily going to be able to overcome that. So you know the fact that we've got a really strong uh, offensive line, uh, offensive lineman, and uh, you know to join the development of this new, uh, this newly high performing offensive line. Of course, the talent level the last three or four games has not been our competition. I should say they're has performing not been, better. They're, they're, our, the line is performing better, but like especially seeing what kind of offense Kirk Sharaka has been running to have uh, a big strong uh do- physically dominant offensive line I think is gonna is gonna be key so very cool to see this we, there, there are a couple other offensive line recruits I think that have come in but Tangwell certainly the the, the yeah, biggest I mean, name he speaking of biggest he's six foot six 300 pounds so as a That's high large. school senior you know he's Louise now dude. now we're, we're we're likely going to lose will fries this off season uh to graduation unless for some reason he decides to return I I I, I'm not. I wouldn't assume he he will be, but so there will be there will be va- you know spots up for grabs. I'm I'm certain in this this spring. This He's win- the kind of player that will have a chance to start as a freshman. Well, I think. let's put it this way: he had offers from Alabama, Auburn, Florida, FSU, Miami, LSU, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, UNC, like just to name a few. Yeah, and that's a, and those are all like you know chart your own path, like, you know, sign your future yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of thing if you if you start offensive line in any of those programs. so yeah, And our cool offensive he, line could use an injection of talent and yeah, size cool. at, at an cool elite level us. like that. Yeah. So let's, you know, you never know exactly how any of these recruits will pan out, even top level recruits, as we saw with Shane Simmons. Uh, you know, major right, talent, right. and and you know, Only got just his putting first it together start in his last <laughs> in his last game, uh, last regular season game. So, but yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So we already mentioned uh, Lonnie White Jr. Uh, wide. Re- a lot of times, uh, the the people who are talking about him just talk about his elite body and ball skills. You know, yeah. And he's a tall receiver. I, I to me that bodes well. That's. I mean, that's, that's what we need on yeah, from our receiver. We got two great receivers in Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. We hope that Jahan comes back next year, but those guys are in the under six foot club, and and if we had a complimentary receiver that's six foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds, which is what Lonnie White Jr. is, yeah. um, that would be a nice target to have outside. Of, and, and that was who a tight um, end receiving threats. 
who's it uh, over at Minnesota that that torched us so often last year? Um, Rashad Bateman. Offense. Yeah, Rashad Bateman. That I mean, that's the body frame of of a guy like Rashad Bateman. Right. Uh, you so know, maybe can Kirk, go up and high point a ball, and you know, you know, quick physical. And as you said, body control and ball skills. Yeah. This guy has been exemplifying them in his career in high school, and again, he had, he had offers from Michigan, Tennessee, uh, you know, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, to name a few. So there were. Teams that, that that saw in him what what Penn State sees in him. Yeah, and uh, he's it really the set, feels and, like I was going to say it feels like since a, a 2016 team, you know, we haven't had receivers that could go and and snag the ball out of the air in a 50 50 kind of situation. So that'll be Godwin. nice. Yeah, really. Yeah. So um, he's the seventh best recruit in PA. So that's an important grab for us. Um, and and he's out of Malvern Prep, which is by the way just down the street from uh, our sister yeah. Laura. Laura Taylor. Yeah. Uh, so good job, Laura. <laughs> way to go! <laughs> Thanks for sending them our way. Yeah. Um, um, so we're also getting some help in the defensive secondary, which we have needed. Um, so, uh, uh, Kalen King, one of those Michigan recruits, he, he has a fraternal twin Kaylin? brother. Kalen or Cowan? Is it, you think it's Cowan? Oh, I don't know. We'll find, you know, we will find out when but, his name is called by the announcers who, but his last name is, is King, King and he will share that name with, with, as you were saying, his fraternal twin brother. Um, so he's a, he's <laughs> a cornerback, um, five, five, 170 pounds, um, his you know, paternal he's, twin brother who is also coming to Penn State, by the way. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Who's one of one of the other recruits in the class. Yeah. Um, but he um, you know, he's one of the top uh cornerback prospects in the country. Um, really good in man coverage. That's the that's the line on him. And, you know, uh, gosh, we do need an infusion of talent. Uh, corner cornerbacks have performed the young cornerbacks in particular performed well this year, I thought. But um, you know, that's certainly an area uh, that our defense needs to continue to improve. Hopefully he'll be part of that. Um, and he's joined by um, a top safety recruit in Jalen Reed. Um, so safeties, I think this year in particular, uh, have been sort of a mixed bag. Uh, again, you, you know, anytime we're bringing talent into that a defensive secondary, uh, that'll be good for Penn State. Yeah. So, and um, I mean, it sounds like Jalen Reed has the ability to compete um, for some playing time right away, both on special teams and or defense. I'd really love to see uh, Jaquan Brisker come back and yeah, play. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because he, he is a junior college transfer. That'd be awesome. So he's only come been with us your... two seasons. And and it'd be nice Jaquan, to see if you're listening, come get your <laughs> master's degree at Penn State yeah, and, and I, play I, another year. Um, so yeah, well, well, you know, the class is, is split right down the middle perfectly, basically right now, um, of the 15 recruits, seven of them are on offense, seven of them are on defense. And then we also signed one of, one of the best kickers in the country. Um, in, uh, I, what, I don't even know if I can pronounce his name correctly. Sander Sahadak. Wow. Sahadak. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you, I apologize. We'll you're get the there. winner on name pronunciation. Today. Yeah. So, but, but, and we do have some early enrollees. Um, like I said, uh, Landon Tangwall will uh, come in early, but we also did sign a quarterback, a three star quarterback, Christian Valle, uh, Vallejo, or um, I don't even know how to pronounce Ville it. Villeu? Villeu. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how to pronounce I, it. I don't know. I mean, um, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of like that, got a French like I E U X on the end. Yeah, so, you know. uh, uh, Velo, 
Velo. 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 Maybe it's a maybe it's a um, Spanish double L. So it's like a, a yeah. Vu. Yeah. So about about half the class is going to enroll early, including the, those those twin brothers, Kalen King and his linebacker twin brother uh, Kobe King. Um, and and watch out for defensive end Rodney McGraw. He's already got an an uh, basically an NFL frame on him. He's like 250, 250 pound um, defensive end. So it, it's it's kind of exciting to see um, some of these guys get in early. Also, Harrisburg uh, offensive lineman Nate Bruce. Um, so so it'll be interesting to see how their um, uh, development comes along in hopefully a full spring and summer uh, after, you know, hopefully winter workouts, everything going on. Um, I mean, that's you know. going to be important, especially for these early yeah. enrollees if yeah, you can exactly. actually have a, a full developmental session with them. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see uh, which of these names ends up becoming a standout over the next couple of years. Um, congratulations to these signees. Congratulations to Franklin and the coaching staff for, um, you know, for having a great uh, recruiting class. Um so let's let's move on, Tom. Uh, briefly, we we learned of some All Big Ten honors. Um, we got a number of second and third team selections. No first teamers this year. Oh no, no, um, my bad. No, not we had true. one. I'm sorry, we had one. How dare you? I'm. Well, it's kind of. I kind of overlooked it because it's Pat Fryermuth, and he missed half the season. Right. So and that was, the, by the way, that was just the uh, the the coaches All Big Ten team. Yeah, I think I was looking at the. Um, the other, there's another the media one. did yeah. not did not include any any of any Penn Staters in the first team, but but according to the Big Ten themselves, um, the, uh, the tight end of the year, the the Qualic Clark Award went to Pat Fryermuth, and and you know you say he only played half the year, but if you really look around at the other tight end um, possibilities, nobody really stood out yeah. like head and shoulders above Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for I think Ferguson over with with Wisconsin had a had a decent year, but it wasn't like eye popping or anything like that. So. Yeah, well, so it's it's a weird year to to make these selections anyway, and and you know we we felt like you know there was one perhaps slight. Um, you know, from, you know, it's like maybe he, because he wasn't on people's radar at the start of the season, he just sort of got a, a late mention, but Jahan Dotson was an all big 10 selection, but only as a third teamer consensus, third teamer between the coaches and the media consensus, consensus third, third teamer. And he leads the big 10 in yards receiving, and he is second in receptions and he's had some, uh, Lights out games and lights out like all world type catches, one handed catches on. By the way, yeah, the, the the number one. Okay, so what is it? I don't I don't remember the name of the award, but basically the best defensive back in the in the conference went to Sean Wade. Some of the best catches that Jahan Dotson had this year were against him. Yeah, so one on one, he he outplayed. Uh, the the top defensive back in the conference, and he also had some of the top stats in the conference, and yet he gets dropped down to like a third team. So I don't know. I don't it, know. It just feels like a slight. You I mean, could look, make the argument for the people that are in front of him. Yeah, sure, it's not like but, they're slouches, you know. But so so but but you have to stack that against like okay, all these uh, Ohio State receivers are getting passes thrown to them from you know Justin Fields, who is the 
offensive player of the year, the Big Ten player of the year, you know, right. a first surefire first round draft pick. And we've been dealing with severe, like horrible quarterback deficiencies and, and, and <laughs> I'll do respect to, uh, you know, Sean half Clifford. the time we have a quarterback in there that doesn't hand off or pass the ball at all. So <laughs> that's fine. That's, you funny. know, uh, you know, I, it, it's true. Uh, you know, if you, most of the top selections by far are Ohio state. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense. They're a, they're the top team in the conference. They, you know, even though they only played, I think there, I think it's a, six a level regular of season di- games. I think there's a five. certain level of disrespect, and it's basically yeah. it's because of how much people, you know, people love and are accustomed to giving Ohio State players love. You well, know? you know, and there is sort of a beauty pageant aspect to this too. You know, it, it's it's. Yes, it means something. I, and I was half surprised not to see Micah Parsons' name on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they gave it to Fryermuth for the tight end of the year. Can we get yeah, but, Mike up there, linebacker of the year? Um, so, because, so, you know, we thought he was good enough. Yeah. Um, so, Who you know, that they even play the games anymore? I, I, I think Penn State players this year have found more important things to, to find satisfaction in. And um, so the fact that you know the the players that have been named on there. Uh, by the way, a couple of offensive linemen found second and third team honors. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's nice to get that recognition, but it doesn't mean nearly as much as what they've discovered um, these last couple games in fighting through their adversity. So, um, anyway, congratulations to Dotson, Fryermuth, um, a couple of the others who who were mentioned. Um, well, a few others that were mentioned are, you know, from second team on down, you got Mike Miranda, Will Fries, um, Michael Mennett, and Rashid Walker. They, they've all either received second or third team honors or honorable mention. Well, and you've seen that offensive line. Those are all O-linemen, and you've seen them come, yeah. come, come into their own the second half of the season. And, and so congratulations to them. Um, hey, real quick, Andy, did sure. you know? Only if I it's mean, quick, though. Getting back to Jahan Dotson for a second, did you know that um, Jahan Dotson and um, Parker Washington are Penn State's uh, some of Penn State's most productive wide receiver? It's it's these it is the statistically average per game uh, yards average per game. They are Penn State's uh, second leading duo receiving duo in history behind Bobby Engram and Freddie Scott. Wow. They Those were are two at, huge names yeah, right there. Freddie Scott and, and Bobby Engram averaged like 180 yards per game or 185 yards per game between the two of them in 1994. And this year, um, uh, Penn State's uh, receiving duo here uh, averaged, I think, like 140 or 145 yards per game. Now, of that's course, incredible. And that's without even. Um, you know, having a consistent quarterback throwing to them, or, <laughs> having having Will Levis run the ball yeah, seventeen I, times, and, and and they didn't even have they didn't even have like the four cupcake non or three cupcake non conference right? games to pad, to pad their numbers. numbers. Wow. So wow. so it's all been against Big Ten competition. It's just interesting, you know. Yeah. So um, anyway, congratulations to Dotson um, for 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 his honor. Um, yeah. You know, we're going into an unusual. Situation and, and that was, only, by the way, just the offense. We're, I hope we. I hope you said gonna, it was going to be quick. Well, the, the, now we got to talk about the defense. You can't just leave first team uh, Jason Oway and Shaka Tony first team defense off. That's the list. true. Come uh, my on apologies. Here. Wow. My apologies. You're forget about the whole other side of the. They field? weren't listed on my notes here, so I. Well, that's so I blame you. That's no, 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 they're you. they're listed on my notes, which are shared with you in oh, Google Drive. Gosh, well. 
We're looking. Wow, at I guess the notes. bigger brother doesn't have it all put together like the facade of his life would have you believe. Wow. Um, and by the way, <laughs> it's taken us all season to get it personal digs, and we're finally here, man. Okay. So, and for what it's worth, uh, tomorrow, I think it's either today or tomorrow, the, the Big Ten will release the special teams uh, honors. So, but we, yeah, for a consensus, um, all Big Ten selection, first first team is Shaka Tony. Uh, Jason Owe only made the coaches first team. And then uh, after that, you just have third teamers or honorable mention. Jo- Joey Porter Jr. and Lamont Wade got third team in the media. P- uh, or Jaquan Brisker got third team in the coaches. And then you have a you know honorable mention of PJ Mustafer, Antonio Shelton, Brandon Smith, Tariq Castro, Fields. Um, and I'm just gonna say I'm a little surprised our D tackles did not get. You know, an all Big Ten honor. They're, they, I mean, I know we got honorable, good, honorable I mention, mean, honorable. <laughs> PJ Mustafer, Antonio Shelton, and and Antonio can come back next year. He, I, I don't know if he will. Um, I would PJ like to Mustafer, see him again. I, I definitely thought. In fact, I thought Antonio Shelton played very well this year. I definitely wished I'd seen more out of PJ Mustafer because I think he has a higher ceiling. And uh, I think Antonio Shelton has really been, you know, made a name for himself as a as a run stuffing nose tackle type player. Um, just a big ball of, you know, ma- just a mass out there. But um, I-, I would like to see more from PJ Musta for next year for sure. All right, look, we we have we some on. things to talk on. about, yeah. um, and um, Illinois being one of them. But but the other one, which we kind of put pause on, uh, is is the fact that we're going into an, a unique situation. Champions Week, Champions Week was something that was advertised. Uh, by the Big Ten as a way in this sort of delayed start to the season, a way to get a ninth game in. It was this really kind of cool idea where they were going to pair, you know, the number one team in the East and the West, and then the number two team in the East and the West, and so on and so forth. And it'd be this kind of really cool cross-division matchup at the end of the season. And here we are. Uh, We're looking at... uh, you know, living into this Champions Week idea, Penn State has rallied to get three late season wins. We're now, I think, the number four in the East Conference, right in right in the middle of the pack. Um, they released the schedule. When was it, Tom? Was it just on on Sunday? Right? I think it was late Sunday afternoon. So, or something so, like that. and what they showed us is that we would be playing Illinois. It's bottom basically the, the, wor- the worst team in the bottom conference. Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it's definitely the worst team in the West, Divi- the West Division. And, um, and the, all to, sorts to of add insult things. To, to, so yeah, to add insult to injury, we're getting the only team in the conference that doesn't have a head coach. <laughs> yeah. so, they fired Lovey Smith. <laughs> so we'll talk about what that does to the matchup in, in just a moment. But like to, for me, the thing that is just so head-scratching is that they they kind of – went completely off script in terms of what we expected to see. You know, we should have been playing, you know, a team like Minnesota or, um, you know, possibly Wisconsin. even Wisconsin. Uh, well, you Wisconsin's know, the fourth-ranked team in the in the right, West. So right. you'd think that we would get the fourth-ranked team. Uh, uh, but why aren't we playing Wisconsin, Tom? Well, it would. we don't know exactly why. Well, not. they're playing someone else. Who are they playing? They're playing uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be a cross-division rivalry, but they're both in the West. Why would the Big Ten do that? Champions Week, East versus West, uh, except for two games that aren't played outside of their division. They they got um, 
They got Minnesota and Wisconsin playing, which I think, uh, you know, if if we're putting putting the pieces together, you know, Purdue and, and Indiana are, were slated to play each other, um, and I think there's those are like traditional rivals. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they're traditional rivalry games that I think the, that the Big Ten was trying to salvage as opposed to sticking with the script that you talk about. But did they say that's what they were going to do? No, there's been zero, zero transparency from the Big Ten about why these matches. They did. They, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. There was no press release with it. It was just here's the schedule. Have fun. You know, go out there and 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 get after it. But you know, so so as as you said, the Indiana Purdue game is canceled, and then the other one one other game that's been canceled is the Michigan Iowa game that they speaking of another like I mean Iowa is the number two team in the West, and they didn't even schedule them against the number two Indiana. They put him with lowly Michigan. Michigan, who's you know scraping bottom, and and so you're basically that seems- giving I- Iowa a team that's floundering. So you you don't give Iowa a chance to have a a solid opponent to kind of boost their resume, so to speak, because teams like Iowa and Indiana are fighting for a New Year's Six spot, essentially. Yeah, yeah, they're fighting you for know? national relevance, right? And and if you don't give them a good resume game, then they're not going to be able to boost their resume. Now Indiana, I, I assume they with with the cancel of all these games, you know, Iowa, they can play. They've rescheduled that Iowa with another team, right? I, we haven't heard anything. <laughs> oh, no? they haven't? No. Oh, my gosh. So, so Iowa is, is, <laughs> has the— Feigning, uh, you know, it's— Outside of the Ohio State team that's undefeated, um, Iowa has—I think they're on a, on a five- or six-game win streak. Are they five and two or six and two at this point? I've, I, think, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I think they're five and two. So, so they're they, outside of Ohio State. They are the hottest team in the Big Ten, and really just rolling. You know, they they got things rolling, and you can't even get them the, the number two game against Indiana. And and some people have made the claim like, oh, they're just trying to protect protect Indiana's hopes for the for the New Year's New Year's Six by not letting them trip up between now and then. And but that's just like that's a, that's a cheap move. No, you know, I was six you're, you're and two, vote. by the way. Six okay, and two. Six and two. So there's on a six game win streak. So there are six by the way, win more wins in a row than Ohio State, because Ohio State's only five and now. Until the until this weekend, of course. But uh, when, which uh again, we should just reiterate, uh previously a five game <laughs> team yeah. so they would vo- not have been playing as, yeah. in the, as a champion. So you vote your darling um blue blood. You know, cash cow Ohio State into the title game against oh, your man. own rules, and then you change your own rules for the other teams when you said you're going to give them one v one, two v two, three v three, and then you don't even give Iowa and Indiana a chance to play each other to duke it out for possibly the second best team in the Big Ten. It's it's I don't know. It's, it's very irritating. The Big frustrating. Ten has egg all not just on their face, all over their body, <laughs> all over their all over their office, all over their it's just it's been an uh, an ugly ugly look from the from an optics standpoint. It's like you, there's the um the, the the scene in Parks and Rec where uh Jerry Gergich has a huge pot of chili. Mhm. Or maybe it's no, no. I'm sorry. It's not Jerry Gergich. It's Kevin from The Office. I was mixing my uh, okay. NBC sitcoms. Kevin from The Office has a huge pot of chili, and he's like moving it, and he oh, drops it on the floor, and the everything oh, I, I remember all that's over what, himself. Yeah. And he's like, that's that's the Big Ten dropping the ball that, at chili. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> totally, totally is. Um, I mean, I, you, I can't help but think like what. 
like what would Jim Delaney be doing? And and more important or more pressing, like what what is he even thinking? Like what is because <laughs> the Big Ten is is kind of a laughing stock from this season. It just it has not gone well at any point in time. You had an entire spring and summer to prepare for you know contingencies of the what ifs, and they their plan has floundered. At, at, they've gone they've gone back and forth and canceled and then uncanceled and then changed rules and then for the for you know their own benefit and then changed rules for other teams disbenefit i don't even know if that's a word but i just said it regardless yeah might go for it man it's not it's just not it's just not good and i and i i haven't enjoyed it i don't even care that i'm playing pence they got paired against with illinois i don't even care that we're playing yeah illinois. i mean on the one hand it's like Give this team another win, but wouldn't it have been nice to kind of have a chance to measure yourself against a team yeah. like Minnesota or Wisconsin? I would have preferred that, but that's not even what is no. It's not. This is not about a Penn State with, specific yeah. thing. It's yeah. more of just being part of this whole system that just you know it's just head scratching. Yeah, and and sort of the inequality of teams across the Big Ten and how the Big Ten also put themselves in a position of inequality with the other conferences. Well, we're playing, we're playing favoritism yes. in college football yes. now across the of board. Course. It's because of just, some almighty dollar. It's that, yeah, we, that is what it is. I mean, even Franklin said, look, we gotta we want our conference to have its best team to have a chance at representing us. So, you know, yeah, I mean, buttload of money to be made if you, uh, one of your teams as a conference gets into the playoff, you know, a lot of that comes really, back to the conference. So, it's but just, it, it takes the soul out of college football. It is. It, and it, and they, they, they've been slow boiling the soul of college football out of college football for the majority of our, our lifetime. And yeah. the, the slow boil has gotten to this point where we're probably going to find ourselves at a crossroads in the next 10 years, I would imagine. Yeah. Where, and I gotta say, I'm, I, I have mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, I want to keep, seeing Penn State put together a top-level team and top talent and competing. On the other hand, there's something really special about amateur sports and the fact that it's these are college athletes, student athletes. And, and you know, there's something about going to watch a game being played where the financial money-making machine isn't the underlying uh, – isn't the underlying motivation for it all. And I think the problem is that at the highest levels of this game, it has become the underlying. Absolutely. You know, so, Absolutely. so like, for example, you know, Mel Tucker's making five and a half million at Michigan State. He got, he's a, a coach with a losing record, get, got pulled away from. How do you justify that, honestly? Well, how do you justify then firing Gus Melzahn and paying 27 million to try and hire another coach that you're going to have to pay? Equally as much, if not more. So the the amount of money that's being like, for, like just like flaunted around from these universities. Yeah. These yeah. Stum- in some uh, in some um, instances, state universities like Penn State. Yep. You know, we're paying. I mean, it's been seen for years that yeah. the highest paid state employee. Is in the state of Pennsylvania, coach. is your college football coach, and your assistant coaches are right up there as well. And we all just kind of like shrug our shoulders and just say, "Well, that's the market." And right. and it's almost like uh, it, the 
just because it's the market doesn't mean it's what's best for, you know, you're just making that gap between the backs of the players that you're making your money off of and what you're paying your employees is so egregiously far apart. Yeah, that all that you're, they, they, it, and it looks so unbelievably bad that you're almost going to be forced to pay players because you m- decided that t- the TV money that is distributed through these universities, so much of it can go to just paying one person on on the team. Exactly. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why the the you know it's really really hard to keep the argument that this is amateur sport when you're paying right. your coaches five million dollars a year. You know, back when Joe Paterno was making like a hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it was. You know, I, I mean, it's a good salary, but it's not obscene. It's it, it says like this is a this is an amateur. I think he, athletic he, endeavor. You know, he never was asking for money. I think he only ever wanted what was like fair and what he felt was like what he could get by with, you know, yeah, like, yeah, uh, so he wasn't so, like he's like he never like overvalued his own self-importance or something like that. <laughs> well, I think other people in the administration might say otherwise in terms of the influence he had on campus. Okay. But, you know, but not, nonetheless, uh, I mean. Uh, that's I've a lot of respect for Joe Paterno for a lot of reasons, even as his his reputation has has been tarnished um, uh, after the Sandusky era. You know, th- there's so many um, good and admirable things that Joe contributed. So I, I'm not trying to take away from that, but um, all, all that to say, it's a different era. It's a different era, and clearly, in you know, back to the Big Ten Champions Week debacle. Yeah. Um, you know, this was all about. You know, in the end, it was really all about just getting. You have a rematch in Maryland Rutgers. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Mar- it's Maryland versus Michigan State. Oh, is it? I apologize. And did they already they already played? Did that game actually? So go that on? game got canceled as well. So I, I think you mean this this game that's happening this weekend. No, no, got no, canceled? no. Uh, back in I don't know if it was like oh, so October, like November. Game. This is the the Mar- original Maryland Michigan State game got canceled. I guess when Maryland was in the midst of their COVID situation. So you know, it seems like, oh maybe they're trying to make up some of these games. But again, like what, like why? Why not say at the beginning of the season, the first thing we're going to do with this ninth game is we'll make up games that have been missed. But if you're going to, if you're saying, trying to sell it as a they just changed, West they crossover, changed it on everybody. they just changed it, it on everyone. It holds, it holds there, there's no, the only game like, that. M- I understand trying to get Wisconsin, Minnesota to a certain extent, to a certain extent. Although again, you're prioritizing that rivalry over the East versus West concept that you told everyone this was about. But like right. Maryland, Michigan State? Yeah. Like why? Why? I mean why? 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 <laughs> why? And and, and why, by the way, why, Maryland why reward why reward Penn State on their three game win streak? Being you know ranked fourth in the East, why reward them with the last place Illinois, well, who's and, on a losing streak? And by the streak. way, Maryland, who congratulations to them, they finished above us as third, um, even though they only um, you know they only have two wins, but because of better um, you know better ratio uh, percent yeah, win, percentage, win percentage, they, is, they ju- is just barely above ours, and they, they won fi- the head to head. They fun. finished above us. They won the head to head. Congratulations That's to them. Fair. You know they would have had a chance to play the number three team in the West and again, measure themselves. And now they're playing the floundering Michigan state team. It just, it, you know, it just feels, 
it feels bad. It, it could have been cool. It could have been exciting. Could have been fun. And I just, I, I think it sounds like Penn State's ready to play. And they'll they'll play whoever you want to put against them. And that's to take nothing away from these players. But as a fan, you know, the expectations were set back in October. Um, and, and, and they're just not delivering. It's, it's a real shame, I think. Um, and I think it just, like you said, egg on, egg on our face as, as a conference nationally. Um, it's just uh, among all the conferences, I feel like, um, you know, Penn State handled it about as poorly as you could handle it. But within that, within, within that Penn State at least from a COVID perspective, has handled it very well. I, I I agree with that, and I think you know you we did not cancel a single game, um, as far as we can tell. Uh, if there were players held out for COVID, is very very minimal. You know, we we just learned that C.J. Thorpe um, was ruled out because of medical the last few weeks, and and Franklin saying medical and not injury. I think he would say COVID though. I don't know. Would he? Does he I don't have know. to? I don't so know. I feel like he's not to say that CJ Thorpe has that is been, out. Because has that of, been why T by Tariq Castro Fields has been out too? I don't we know. Heard it. He's yeah. I mean, he's saying medical as opposed to injury. So I feel like he's changed his language so he doesn't necessarily tip the scales based on whether they're sick versus sure. whether they're have an sure. on-field injury. So it's possible that there have been a couple of. Um, cases on the team and we may not find out till after the season yeah and that and that came from his his press conference um right uh on tuesday and not from his press conference on wednesday michigan said they had 50 players over 50 that they were either uh tested positive or through contact tracing were ruled ineligible so i mean and this is now three weeks going you know, for Michigan. So it, it just... Oh, it's only gotten worse. And they haven't that's played what I'm a saying. game. They haven't that's played a game saying. since our game. <laughs> and by so the basically way... Basically, we put we knocked Michigan out. And, and, they been, yeah. and, if, and if they fire Harbaugh, you know, the, the, which I don't think they're going to, but if they fire Harbaugh, that, that maybe his last game would that's be against game on the a winless Penn State team on their ho- own home turf. I mean, how the tables can turn sometimes, right? Well, look, this has been a a, a gripe and a half, a gap yeah. mania gripe. Um, we, yeah. we do have we do have some actual football to talk about, um, and uh, you know what we we wanted to you know we were thinking we mentioned briefly you know some football possibilities after this week. Um, just just to tell you, there there are a couple of bowls being discussed. Franklin doesn't want to discuss it, by the way. But um, there's I think a, the team has has been, uh, you know, they understand. They're, they're not like totally closed to the media. They, they know that, that they're being talked about and they know it's a possibility, particularly if they win this Illinois game. They're not getting too far ahead of themselves. They know they've got no, to they shouldn't. The, they, they know they've got to close this this season out with this this right because it's possible uh, Champions Week Illinois opponent. It's possible Illinois comes out with a lot of fight and heart and like you know kind of oh, saying yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna show everyone who should who we should, are. Should Penn State win? Yes. Can they lose? I think they uh-huh. can yeah. lose any game. Yeah. This so year. so they, we don't want to lose it. focus. But but just you know to take a little bit of a peek and maybe we'll talk about this um, next week more because we'll I I think. We'll may know by Sunday where if yeah. we're going to a bowl and where that would be. But there's one, there's a bowl in uh, Arizona, the, the guaranteed rate bowl. Yeah, I don't remember what it used to be, but it it's used in to be like Phoenix. The, yeah, it, it used to be one the, that you've heard that was another one of these like, 
you know, sponsor name bowls. Oh, they're just changing them all, all every um, year almost. But that's a big point. 12 tie-in, and, and West Virginia and TCU have been talked about as our possible opponents. And then there's the Duke. They were also discussing a po- the possibility of Kansas State, but, sure. uh, but Kansas State withdrew yesterday their Okay, so another opt-out. Yep. 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 Another opt out. So um, the other one is in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Duke's Mayo Bowl. And let me just put in a plug for Duke's Mayo. You like you like Duke's Mayo. It is awesome. It is amazing. Like it's, it's as someone who's do, I, look as someone <laughs> who's all. Uh, by the way, these are not paid sponsors. Okay, this is yeah. not a paid sponsorship. But oh my gosh, my oh, father is calling. Wow. He's wondering wow. if it's time for Rick's picks. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, just just took a little pause to take a call from Dad. He's he's anxious to be on with us in just a few minutes. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, we uh, you know I've started using Duke's Mayo. Um, if you've only ever had like Hellman's, you don't realize what a big difference is. And one of the interesting things about Duke's is that they there's no sugar added. It's so I have to pay extra for the sugar. Well, I mean, no, in Hellman's and like Miracle Whip and all these kind of things, there's sugar in it. You know, I'll so, send I'll send everybody to your house to get a, a Duke's Mayo sandwich. Look, I so I make my own bread. It's my with a my uh, my home cultivated sourdough starter, and it's delicious. And so I've definitely become a little bit of a sandwich snob. And and Duke's Mayo really makes a difference. So all right, if, you, all if right. you're a Duke's executive and out there listening and you would like me to be a paid sponsor i will hawk duke's mayo and don't they don't they make it in those nice dispensered packaging well they do you know but they also make it in the jar it's the it's got a nice yellow top anyway if you if you haven't tried dukes i mean we're in the north northeast you know it's a it's kind of a southern brand uh but i I recommend it okay speaking of southern that game the duke's mayo bowl is in charlotte (laughs) north carolina um, and it's and an ACC it's, it's tie-in. An ACC, yeah, it's an ACC tie-in, and we're of course, you know, two North Carolina teams are up for that bid, possibly in NC State or Wake Forest. Um, originally, people were potentially slotting, and by the way, these are projections. Like that, that no yeah, one's saying, no one really knows definitively happening. But um, Virginia Tech. Uh, was possibly one of the teams that was up for that. And and it would have been interesting to see Penn State get paired with Virginia Tech in a bowl like that because we were actually going to play them um, at the beginning of this season before yeah, that the would non-conference have been nice way slate to, was all Speaking canceled. of rematches, right? But Virginia Tech uh, removed themselves from consideration for bowls. And yeah, that's another now— Another opt-out. That's, an, that's now, I think, like five or six from the ACC that have opted out. Odd. And only, I think, uh, only one— like only one from each other conference has ha- has happened. I think we're going to start seeing more teams opt out. I think it'll be, so. It'll I be interesting so. to see if you know how many more bowl games opt out, or even if Penn if Penn, if Penn State can even it's find an possible. opponent. I don't even know. Yeah, it's possible that even you know once Penn State and the team sits down and talk about it, they may not. Yeah, they may opt out too. I and mean, we're gonna, assuming and they're going to talk but, about it. They, yeah. So the players have said they want to play, but. You know the coaches and the and the whole team will sit down after this Illinois game and really get down to brass tacks on yeah. on what's possible. Of course, it's not just the players, and it's not even just the coaches, but the whole right. coaching staff and the all athletic the athletic department. You know, it's a, it's a big ask, I think. So we're assuming maybe these teams will play, but but maybe not. Um, but we'll we'll find out more. Um, we'll find out more after the game. We'll get, we'll get more to you by say Monday ish. <laughs> Monday ish, yeah. hopefully. Well, look, um, let's. So let we do have a game, 
And um, in that we're playing Illinois, a team that is scraping bottom um, of the Big Ten West, a team now without their head coach. You know, there's not a lot to talk about, but the truth is they are a Big Ten Power Five opponent. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about them a little bit. Um, you know, Penn State has historically played Illinois pretty well, although you know we don't have a, a record as lopsided as say against Rutgers or something like that. They yeah, beat got, us five yeah. times over the years. Yeah. You know, uh, we we hold the overall edge at nineteen and five. Nineteen so we're, wins. So we're coming up on the twenty fifth. Yeah, coming up on the twenty fifth uh, all time. Uh, meeting between our two schools and and the last time we played them was in 2018 and if you're just looking at the score if you don't remember the game very well it was a friday night game it was a friday night game we crushed them in champagne 63 to 24 and we were the number 10 team in the country at that point that year and so yeah you would assume oh 63 24 like, oh yeah of course we murdered them. them but what you might not remember not is so it was it was twenty eight to twenty four. Penn State was leading going into the fourth Weren't quarter. Were we losing at the half? Uh, no, I don't. Or believe it was so. like it was a close game at the half. It, it or was it was as close at I the remember, half. As, as, yeah, it was I remember as, going. It was as close at the half. Like, uh oh. Yeah. So and it, and then but but then the our run game exploded. Uh, I mean, it had been going well all game. Um. Um. Miles Sanders ran for 200 yards and and a few touchdowns in the game, um, and and Trace McSorley almost had 100 yards. Ricky Slade almost had 100 yards. Journey Brown even got in on the action with a touchdown. We scored 35 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to in the fourth quarter to win the game. Yeah, it was, it was like it, it was, was like some... they held on. They held on. Illinois held on, and, and then the floodgates opened, and it was just Trace only had Trace only had 160 yards passing, but had three. Passing touchdowns to uh, Hamler, Fryermuth, and jo- Jawan Johnson. So it was it was an interesting game. We would have uh, happy to see that thirty four or excuse me thirty five point uh, fourth quarter, which is by the way, uh, who who scores thirty five and a quarter? It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's the last time they played us. So they got a bad taste in their mouth. If if any of the players from that game are still on this this field, um, for, for me the 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 most memorable Illinois game was the one all the way back in the nineteen ninety four season. Oh, right. Where yeah. um, where we essentially uh, spotted Illinois twenty one points in the first quarter, and this was a team that had national title aspirations. You know, they're undefeated. I, I believe it was somewhere like halfway through the season, and, and Illinois was not a great team. They, you know, I did not see it as a threat uh, to to the you know Penn State's win streak, but uh, down twenty one nothing. It just especially they had a in defense, that era, though. they had a defense. They had like especially yeah yeah they had a good defense. Um, but especially Simeon in that era, Rice and Kevin Hardy, they were like all Americans and like first round draft picks. They were they had a defense that, that knew how to play. So it wasn't their offense wasn't much to to write home about. But so yeah they 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 went up on us and it was. But t- tell me more about what you remember. Well, I was just I was just saying that era of Penn State football. Um, we were not known for scoring a ton of points, and it just felt like it was an insurmountable, um, you know, insurmountable barrier to to winning the game. And and the team came and they 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 clawed their way back and ended up winning that game to go, you know, you know, one more step on that uh, ultimately, um, you know, ultimately undefeated season that ended with the uh, Rose Bowl win against Oregon. Uh, but yeah, that that was probably one of the more memorable regular season games of that season because we had to claw back from that big deficit. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember the 94 season pretty darn well, um, but I don't remember how, like, I, like in my mind, I just remember that, like, we came back. But it was the reason why we, we relinquished our number one ranking. You know, uh, that, right, right. That was, because that was we, the problem because we stumbled with the game. A little bit. That was yeah. the problem why we basically because of that stumbling. Interesting. You know, like if we Nebraska had never re- they took over number yeah. one, and and yeah. we never we never got back. Well, to that. E- and yeah, and if we because we went into the Rose Bowl, which was a predetermined matchup, it was pre BCS. So we had no opportunity to play. You know, the number right. two team. Um, you know, because we went in. Not as the number one. That was one of the reasons why after Nebraska won, they just didn't, you know, they didn't, you know, give them, they didn't give Penn State a chance to get that number one ranking nationally. Um, Of course, the New York Times said we were the best team in the country. So we still hang our hats on that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think USA Today did as well, by the way. Oh, there you go. I think I remember seeing that newspaper and but dad, in dad case, being like, here we are, national champs. And I'm like- This is not 1994, not no. ni- uh, not 2018. This is 2020. Well, well, Illinois has well, played football this year. They they have, but I, I wanted to mention a game that I remember oh, sure. growing, growing go, up go right after ahead. you this... remembered the, 90, uh, the 94 season. I remember the 2001 game for some reason. And I remember it because, you know, it was in my lifetime, at that point in time, it was like, you know, Penn State had just come off a horrible 2000 season, you know, after LeVar Arrington and everybody left in 99 with a three-game losing streak to close out the 99 season. 2000 was a, a season in shambles. And 2001, we kind of started getting it together a little bit. Um, you know, we, we, we lost our opening four games of the season, but then we were on a, you know, three-game win streak. We beat Northwe- Northwestern, Ohio State, which was an amazing game, which which uh, Joe Pot was like a um, the Joe Pot's 327th victory that um, you know was a, a big one for the record books. I forget exactly what designation it was, um, but then you know we beat Southern Miss, and then we're at number uh, I think number 12 Illinois, number 12 in the BCS Illinois, and we're up. We go up 21 to seven against them. And um, the, uh, Kurt Kittner and the, the eventual Big Ten champion Illinois team, by the way, and while we're unranked, we, we're we're looking strong against them. And then they just like go on one of the all-time great comeback victories in Illinois history um, to to preserve their uh, Big Ten championship winning season. Uh, and I'll just never forget Kurt Kittner dismantling us and their run game dismantling us. And Matt Seneca, Penn State's quarterback, threw, threw like three interceptions in the game. And it just, the, we you know, we their defense held us scoreless in the second half. Um, and uh, the only scoring we did in the second half was a 97-yard touchdown return to put the, put the Penn State Nitty Lions back on top, 28-27, um, I think that was in the fourth quarter. Um, we went on top 28-27 with three and a half minutes left. Larry Johnson, 97-yard kickoff return. It was, it was, uh, it was. I remember that kickoff being like, "We're gonna do it," and then, you know, the rest was history. Kirk Kittner went off and just. You know, it was the greatest game of his, you know, greatest memory in his career at like a home night game in Champaign, Illinois. Well, uh, thank you for going down Kurt Kittner's I, memory I just, lane. I just remember hating it so much that we were on this win streak that Illinois thwarted and and it, it, it hurt. It hurt. It so gotta, really stung me. 
I got a question for you. Yeah. Would you like to talk about this Illinois team? Um, let me go down memory lane a little bit more. We talked you... about we talked about the future with the Bulls. We talked yeah. about the past with other. <laughs> let's, so, gosh. Hey, man! Um, if you're a Penn Illinois... State Nittany Lion fan, we can't only remember the good. We can't only remember the best. Why not? Why not? Um, because we're um, all human. Okay, so Illinois this season. Uh, we're going to run this down uh, quickly for you. Uh, th- they're two and five on the season. Um, so you know, in terms of the record, fairly similar to Penn State, who's currently three and five. Um, they're a team that's given up a lot of yards on the ground, including 411 rushing yards given up to Northwestern last, last week, week yeah. in their loss. So they they got crushed on the ground by yeah they're on a they're on a two two game losing streak and northwestern's a solid team they're only a one last team uh so you know you'd expect a a solid team to put up uh some decent numbers against uh a team that's floundering like um like illinois is and and Uh, by the way that was a that was a 28 to 10 loss by uh you know so it's not like northwestern racked up a ton of points but they did like Penn State tends to do rack yeah. up a lot of yards and ball control, so it seems like Illinois is susceptible to that style they're also, of offense. They're also susceptible to having lots of points scored on them. I mean, in, in some of their lo- some of their they only had one game canceled this year. It was the Ohio State game, which was from three weeks ago. Uh, the last win that they had was Nebraska at the end of November. Um, so, but yeah, they, which, you know, by the way, we lost to Nebraska. Oh yeah, rather pitifully, and they, and they smoked Nebraska. Yeah, at Nebraska. Yep. So forty-one to twenty-three, they beat Nebraska. That was the most points they scored all year long. Um, but in all their losses, you know, Wisconsin scored 45, Purdue scored 31, Minnesota scored 41, and, uh, you know, Iowa, Iowa scored, scored 35. Yeah. So so they're susceptible to having points scored upon them. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how the, how their defense attempts to stand tall under interim uh, head coach, uh, you know, Rod Smith, Rod Smith, who was a, yeah. a, a coordinator uh, leading so, into. So um, as, as we've said a number of times, uh, no Lovey Smith. Um, I, I, I like Lovey, you know, I really, I, I think he's, uh, I, I think he's a class act. He's lovable. Um, would you say? He, he is lovable. Yes. Illinois, lovable fan, Illinois fans wanted it to work out with him. I, I um, don't see why you wouldn't, you know, he's a, he's a successful NFL Head coach, um, you know he he had some really good seasons under the Chicago Bears, and um, yeah, I just just it never really translated to success on the field for um, for Illinois. Um, he had a three hundred four winning percentage, you know, yeah, seventeen and thirty nine over the past I guess five years. Um, interestingly enough, last year was their best year, got them to um, six and six. Uh, before the bowl game, uh, who they they lost to Cal thirty five twenty, but you know it's something you could think you could build on, and you know this year COVID the pandemic just, hits, and yeah, you know two again, and five, he didn't so. get a mulligan. Um, I guess patience wore thin, but um, we um, yeah wish wish Lovey the best. Uh, keep the beard going, man. Yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to see who they try to. To, I mean, maybe firing him, they felt like there's some people out there on the open market right now or soon to be uh, open market kind of pickups. Uh, maybe. Or just maybe they have zeroed in on somebody they want. Because some of the names that I've been hearing um, uh, from, this is from the Daily Illini, uh, you know, Jim Leonard is a possibility. He's the Wisconsin defensive coordinator. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, Alabama OC. 
Uh, Kendall Bryles, the Arkansas OC, Todd Munkin, the Georgia OC, Brett Bielema, if you remember from Wisconsin all those years ago, who then was with Arkansas. He's currently the New York Giants linebackers coach. Bielema might be somebody that they would, you know, yeah, come back to the Midwest. Maybe and... he's got some baggage with him, but but the name that you, re- I think that we are all have heard, um, it could be a home run hire for a team like Illinois would be Luke Fickle, Cincinnati's head coach. Um, it, it's a matter. <laughs> we're not sure if Luke Fickle would want the Illinois job. Yeah, in terms I, I of think Illinois it's a people stretch. wanting Luke Fickle, that, that would be a home run hire. I mean, for other than other than perhaps uh, a payday. You know, Luke Fickle with the – where's Cincinnati these days? Six, seven, eight, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he can probably write his own ticket. Um, probably, probably. You know, so I would be surprised if he ended up at a place like Illinois unless there was something besides um, prestige drawing him there. But in any case, we're not going to be facing any of those uh, uh, coaches. Yeah, we're, we're facing, be facing Rod Smith. Rod Smith. He's, yeah. he's had a um, – you know, sort of a bounce around career like a lot of these, uh, you know, career coaches do. Um, but interestingly enough, when he was a quarterback for Glenville State in 93, uh, from 93 to 97, excuse me, 96, 93 to 96, he was um, coached by head coach Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. And his coaching career ended up uh, mirroring or following Rodriguez around, yeah, uh, really up until just the last couple of years when um, Lovey Smith brought him on um, from Arizona in, tw- in 2018. Yeah. So um, you know, obviously, is an experienced coordinator, um, but also not someone whose name you're going to see associated in, in, in top levels. So, you know, he'll 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 be charged with getting this, you know, downtrodden Illinois team motivated to. Yeah, to play against right. a surging Penn State squad. Um, so, 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 who do we have uh, that we're going to be facing from Illinois in terms of skill positions and other notable names, Tom? Well, so much like all of our previous competition, um, the last three games, we you know we faced uh, teams with basically quarterback controversies or quarterbacks that are floundering. Isn't that unusual? <laughs> yeah. I mean. Um, yeah, it is, but so it goes. And as Penn State is also dealing with their own quarterback issues this season, I guess it's kind of par for the course for the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Um, that way, except for Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Indiana has had to shuffle quarterbacks with injury. So it's no one's really right, Wisconsin has on got down to their third string quarterback at one point this year, too. So it's not been pretty for every Big Ten team uh, quarterback wise this year. But so, so a Michigan transfer from a couple years ago, Brandon Peters, who wears number eighteen for for the Illini, he will be. I think he's he should be the starter. Um, he's not had a great season. Uh, he's thrown for four hundred and twenty nine yards and three touchdowns, fifty one percent completion rate on the year. But his best game. Um, was that Nebraska game a few weeks back uh, at the end, towards the end of November? Seventy-two percent completion rate, one touchdown on two hundred yards passing. So he looked good then and there. I mean, that was good completion rate, but not a lot of yards passing. And no, I think no, Nebraska. No. You know, the Illinois is a running team. Illinois is yeah, a running team. Yeah. They're they have four. Um, they have four running backs that average. Oh, I'm sorry, four ball carriers, not running backs, ball carriers that average over five yards a carry. And two of those guys are quarterbacks, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So they they rely on their run more than they rely on their pass. But we might see um, 
A little bit like, you know, maybe that, that Michigan team that we played a couple right. of weeks ago, right. not a great uh, passing attack, but a lot of ground. And, you know, we shut them down. So that's that's positive. You know, I, I one, we'll one of their one of their three quarterbacks that they've been using this year is down with injury, Karan Taylor. Um, so we won't see him at all in the game. Um, but retro freshman Isaiah Williams, it's possible we see him if Brandon Peters is struggling at all or gets injured, God forbid. But as a as a group, those three quarterbacks are are completing under 48% of their passes for for just over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. However, they have limited uh, their interceptions with just three on the year as a group. So so they don't turn the ball over through the air too much. So you can't, well, you can't make, say they're as bad as Penn a, some, Wow, that shouldn't be something that affects things because we haven't gotten interceptions. We're not used to <laughs> getting takeaways. Right, uh, that's a very good point. We have so, two or three – I think we have three interceptions as a defense on the year. Look, this Illinois defense allows 450 yards a game. Right. Yeah. And our offense is averaging over 400 yards a game. So I think this is this is a defense we'll be able to exploit. I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about on the Illinois defensive side. Um, you, you know, this is a struggling team, and the question I think is going to be, are they going to come out and show some heart and some fight, or are they going to just sort of be going through the motions? Um so, so you know, I don't know that there's much else to talk about Illinois right now in terms of details. Let's well, well the let's only thing I would say is they got two what do you running backs. Say? They got two running backs two, that are that are gonna backs. that are gonna run the ball pretty darn well. That's their bread and butter is r- yeah. running the ball well. So, which, so which you're goes see, to I think. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> so you're gonna see <laughs> sophomore Chase Brown, and you're gonna see junior Mike Epstein um, toting the ball, and and they they can present problems for for our defensive front they they certainly can they they fight for yards um and and they have a nose for 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 you know not not getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage they both average close to 6 yards per carry between the two of them they have uh six touchdowns and you know one of them has a long of 63 yards so I, they they can pose a problem it's it's not it's not so, to be taken lightly yeah so i think that goes to you know one of our keys to the game which is our run defense has got to has got to step up to the plate. If that's their primary way of getting yards, if that's their primary way of moving the ball down the field, and if they have, um, you know, a subpar passing attack, I think what we need to do is we need to to have our big defensive linemen, uh, particularly our tackles, with some really strong run support by the linebackers and shut down their running game. If we yeah. clog them up on the ground and they're forced to rely on their um, sort of weak passing attack, I, I think that's going to be something that that will really play to Penn State's advantage, give us a chance to get you know, get our defense off the field quickly and um, control the ball uh, but you know, on our side, yeah, uh, and with I the think, offense. I think given that that it's going to be cold at, at, for a five thirty p.m. kick in Beaver Stadium, night game, with, you know, encased in snow, <laughs> yeah, it's you gonna know, be a, it's going to be the icebox game. I, I mean, I mean, the the high for uh, the like day football uh, in an igloo. The high for for the day in Beaver Stadium that day is supposed to be like thirty two degrees. That's yeah. during now, the day. It will be clear, uh, um, and it will be windless so the, the temperatures will drop quickly but you know it, it'll but also passing purposes is what mm-hmm. i'm saying yeah a, a cold ball is not a not great to throw not great to catch <laughs> yeah but it, yeah well i, I, I do think saying. that i do think getting the ground game going on penn state side will be critical 
Um, but I, but I, my second key to the game would be getting the Dotson Washington Strange train going. Right. I, I think yeah. we set up the pass by having a strong ground game. But I, I think you know some of the things we've seen the last couple of weeks with you know getting. Uh, Parker Washington free across the middle or Jahan Dotson, you know, when big chunk plays or Brenton Strange up the seam, you know, after they're keying on our run game. That, that to me, I would love to see that. And that, you know, I would love to see us go out cracking the 40s. Yeah, I, I think that I think that the the strange game is one that I'd like to see them take advantage of a little bit more. Yeah, because definitely. he the times we go to him, he works. And then you you but you only see it in like tiny tiny little segments of of the game. You don't see it like something we go to on every drive. You see it like happen one drive out of the game or like two drives out of the game. And I my, my assumption is that we just kind of forget and go away because we're just uh, yeah. thinking about we just we just because he seems to be focus. open when we when we when we're going that way right exactly yeah. so so how about you what keys to the game do you have well I mean it's it kind of mirrors a little bit of of what you are, have said so far um, but I I like you know how we we didn't really get the the ball rolling too well in the last game um, you know we yeah, only the scored run game. Ten- yeah, Michigan State had no, no, a No, I don't mean running. I don't even mean running. I mean I mean like the, <laughs> Get the, ball, ball the ball rolling. <laughs> I don't mean the run game. I mean us scoring and, and as a team, as an offense, like you know, driving downhill. Uh, so I would like to come out scoring early and keep the foot on the pedal because if you make a team whose um, bread and butter is running and they have a struggling quarterback situation, if they're trying to play catch up, yeah, that's, that's a great just gonna, point. That's just going to be that much more difficult for them. Yeah, so put we need stress to, on that offense yeah. by by getting some early points. We cannot have a, mm-hmm. a, a second quarter where we let them have 21 points like Michigan State. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I totally, I so, totally get so what you're if, saying. Yeah, if they're running the ball to play catch-up, because if, if if that's like they're, the way they're going to do it, it's not going to go well. Yeah, um, I mean, I, again, I think the 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 way that we need to, um, to play this team is force them to rely on the pass. And, yeah. and so one way to do that is to clog the run game. But another way to do that, like you're saying, is to get some points and, and cause them to play catch-up yeah, so, so the point where 20, they can't. 20 to 3, 20 to nothing at one point. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, crap. You know, yeah. we have to abandon our game plan you know, immediately. But so, um, and and for a team that's without a coach, this is another key. To, another key to the game for me is, is a team without a coach and a team that's on a two-game losing streak and a team that's you know only won two games on the year. You don't want to give this team hope. You know, you don't want to give them reasons to believe they can win. Because um, if you let them hang around, you yeah. know th- that momentum turns. You know that spark turns into a. F- a fire, yeah, and we and, don't want that. And we are capable of going flat at a moment's notice. <laughs> Apparently, so we're if still they have doing momentum, that. and yeah. we are just playing flat. That's yeah. just that's a recipe for disaster for us because they would love nothing more than to ruin our chances for a bowl game. They would as, love, as love nothing more. This is more. essentially their bowl game being, you know, they, I think were, so. they were rewarded with a a you know middling. Penn State team, while they're the worst in the West Division, this is like a chance for them to prove themselves. They can hang with a team that has the talent. It's a like chance a for State. respect for them, yeah, and totally. to end a, a difficult year where they've lost their coach to, to sort of end it on their own terms. And and I, I think they're. It's very likely that they will come out with a sense that they they want to 
they they want to prove something. Yeah, don't people. let them shock the world. We need to we need to 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 not play down to them. I agree. You know, you know I think um, you know my last key to the game, um, and it goes right to that point. Yeah, Tom, exactly. Is that we need to continue to limit turnovers. We we did a pretty good job. I mean, no offensive turnovers last week. Um, the week before against Rutgers, we were a little sloppy. Against Michigan, no turnovers. But but a, a totally different story from early in the season when we were, you know, losing the ball multiple times in critical situations. Um, quarterbacks have got to make uh, smart decisions with the passing. Uh, whoever's carrying the ball has got to, you know, especially as you said on a cold day, be sure of ball security. And if we can just avoid. Um, giving up, a, 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 you know, a, a momentum shifting play through a turnover, th- I think that will bode very well. Um, you know, on the other hand, y- you know, thinking back to that Maryland game, you know, um, or some other of those games, the, the Nebraska game, for example, where you're playing a struggling team and you just sort of hand the momentum through a turnover, you know, that'll just be disastrous. So I, I think we've got a we've done a much much better job the last few weeks, and we've got to. Uh, follow through on on you know having our final you know home game of the season to be one where we put all all those pieces together, including uh, a, a good job on turnovers. Yep, yeah, those are the keys of the game for us. Um, and I so think, now it's what, that time. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna try and get on the old rotary phone and call Rick. Up. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, see if we can get uh, our dad on uh, for our um, for our second Rick's Picks segment. And um, here he is, our dad, Rick Gathman, Richard William, for our second Rick's Picks segment. Dad, glad to have you on. I'm digging out two feet of snow. What can I tell Has you? Has it been two feet? Did you <laughs> measure over, it with it's your o- own? It's over two feet. Wow, I, I remember you know going out off of the porch with the yardstick that we used to keep oh, over yeah. the door in the it's kitchen. Still, it's still there, and I they literally still have that yardstick I there. literally used it <laughs> last night and today. I helped do do some shoveling as well. And the last time I remember digging out from two feet of snow was a blizzard that hit Baltimore um, when my kids were like one and three years old. Yeah, and I was flying in from Orlando. That's right. You, a... <laughs> I had to meet you at the airport. You had two mm. feet of snow, or maybe I, you did didn't it help you me... dig out. No, I, no, you, you told you... me not to. I was right. like, Dad, I'll come. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that that was. So, uh, when's the last time you dug out from two feet of snow, Dad? Well, interesting little detail. Uh, I was 13 years old the last time Williamsport, which is just 30 minutes north of us here in Lewisburg. Uh, had a 24.1 inch snowfall, which has been the record until today, where it's 24.7. I think I think we got a little more than that here in Lewisburg. Yeah, it, there's a lot out there. There's definitely a lot, and there's a wall. There's a wall on either side of the sidewalk. Uh, fortunately for yeah. you, your neighbor, another Rick, um, used his snowblower for you this morning to to, yeah, to manage your front lawn, front I sidewalk. I was just walking out to shovel it again, and down he, the sidewalk he came. I handed him ten bucks and said, "Hey, would you clear my uh, car?" <laughs> did he? <laughs> he knew I was kidding. I was. Oh. <laughs> I mean, but did he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, well, I was on my way over here to the office. 
Um, yeah. And which, so, by yeah. the way, you're in your office, like two and a half blocks away, and I'm in your walk-in closet again. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> And let me tell you, I am certain that this is uh, throws a wrench in all my father's. This is his. I'm in his home. I don't live here. I show up to record in his closet. That's amazing. He's got he to go get ready to go for work, and he's like, I can't. He can't even shower and get dressed thanks to me because he can't make noise in his own home. Mom's downstairs, just in the yeah. in the yeah. recliner. Tom's in your closet. Quiet. Tom's in your closet. We're just glad you're wearing pants, Dad. Thank you. Mm, I am <laughs> yeah. indeed. Hey, I would record in the in the uh, in your office, but you can't keep quiet enough in your own office for me. It's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, by oh, by the way, uh, good news for you, Tom. We're going to send your mom upstairs. You know, oh, in about great. two hours oh, to unlock good. that closet door for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got I've got some supplies in here for the. I got my uh, Blizzard supplies. Yeah, you'll need them. Yep. I create um, my little nest. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> oh man. Hey, uh, so, so real quick, Dad, what do you remember from the 1995 uh, Penn State Michigan game in Beaver Stadium? The snowball, as they snowball. Yeah, yeah. Well, you- we knew going into that. I mean, obviously, the news was saying, "Hey, you can come to the game," but they were asking for volunteers to help shovel out the, you know, the. Uh, parts of the stadium that the players need to play on, but they weren't going to be able to get up to the, uh, you know, to the stands. Yeah. So, so we basically stood, Hey, we brought something that we could sit down on about, you know, 15 inches of what, snow. What, blankets? What do we sit on? <laughs> I think we brought some cushions and, uh, but stood most of the game. You know, I just looked it up uh, this morning and it was 188 um, I, I, I guess you can't call them volunteers, but 188 convicts, <laughs> voluntolds, 188 voluntold convicts uh, to, to clear the snow uh, from in and around that stadium that day. That's that's pretty, <laughs> pretty spectacular. And, and, uh, Dad, do you uh, we couldn't remember. Do you, do you remember why I wasn't there at that game? No, I then don't. You didn't love me as much as the other three. No, I, you know, you must have. <laughs> it's you the same reason had. Why- you probably had some other athletic, uh, you know. Yeah, that's what we figured. Team. It's the yeah. same reason why we didn't take you to a Cal Ripken inner harbor oh, Baltimore oh, Oriole game. Bring that up. <laughs> oh gosh, it's that the same reason we replaced you with a dog when you went off the. Yeah, my team growing up was the Orioles, and I'd never been to the <laughs> Orioles uh, game to, and he, to Camden Yards, and and like September. Of my freshman year in college, I'm at Penn State, just getting started with classes, and Dad brings the rest of the family down to Inner Harbor for, for to watch the Orioles play. And I was like, "What?" It was amazing. And, you guys and were all so heartbroken you, at, at and you having really... lost the 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 vibrancy of, of yeah. you're having your big brother at home. <laughs> you really made that, us pay for it by moving to Baltimore, Andy. Yeah, that's right. You're, I you're showed like, you. I, yeah. <laughs> Well, just so you know, that uh, the opportunity to go to those – there were two games of the Orioles. We went down, stayed at Inner Harbor overnight. But I got all that because Randy Kreischer here is one of our vice presidents, uh, had suddenly had four extra tickets or tickets he couldn't use. That's right. Uh, he was a Cal Ripken and Orioles fan. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big, yeah. big, big time. Still is. And, um, you know, so – I had those tickets. Uh, your two sisters and Tom were at home, and it's like, hey, you want to go? And away we went. 
Yeah, Sorry, well, son. <laughs> well, I'm over I'll make it, it up to you. Yeah, I, he's, I, he's, I, he's over it. I'm yeah, over, he's over it. it. He sounds like he's, he's not over it. it. He is not over it. I mean, we're, we clearly can't let go of things in this family. I'm yeah. still in the closet here, and, <laughs> and he's living in Baltimore, and... Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so, Dad, we've got a we've got a another snowball, um, a really uh, yeah. a kind of a unique matchup. This is the latest you know, the game week, in Penn State history. It's less than a week before Christmas, isn't it? But that this game is being played. So, yeah, right. um, you know, uh, and we're playing Illinois, and uh, we we heard your pick last week. Um, I think you, I think it was uh, twenty four to seventeen. You picked Penn State. It wasn't quite the right score, but you did call it. Uh, to be a close one, um, and so I think in terms of how the game went, you you probably ha- you know Tom and I were both sort of predicting blowouts, and um, it didn't turn out to be that way. This so, could be that game. That, so I'll give you of the three hope. of us, I'll give yeah. you as as getting the win um, on that on that pick. Um, but but what do you what do you anticipate for this Illinois game? What do you see? Yeah, what are your happening? keys to the game? Dodging the snowballs being uh, from yeah. stands. No. <laughs> that that was a factor in that Michigan game. I know, I yeah, know. We right, mentioned right. it earlier in the episode. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I haven't been listening. <laughs> I know. We know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm calling Penn State 31-10. That was my prediction last week for the uh, yeah, Michigan State game. I know. Uh, I I still I like inspired. those numbers. I still like those numbers. Yeah. I, yeah. I would take that for sure. What's key the key to the, to the What's the key, key to the game? To the game um, is just defense staying loaded for bear um, all right and uh obviously getting our running and uh i would say short passing game on un- tracked and you know keep it keep it rolling we're three and oh yeah yep about to be one and oh this week uh, uh franklin's matra um it's actually kind of curious this game you know, given COVID, given all the cancellations, given uh, the time of year it is, given that Illinois has no coach, it's actually interesting that that somehow Illinois hasn't backed out of this game for like yeah, just I, I for agree. no reason. There's still time. I yeah, mean, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I'm almost kind of prepared for that possibility. Um, I think I, we would get the win if they, you know, I would think so. There's a forfeit. At, yeah, at if it's point. not COVID, especially. But it, th- you know, it doesn't matter at that. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it'd be. It, Right. It'd be nice to see this Penn we need State the, team. We need the work. <laughs> get on the field, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think they have a chance to have a dominant win as well, Dad. I, I, I said earlier in the episode, I'd love to see them crack forty. I don't know if they're going to get there. It's going to be a cold day, um, and this offense is a slow moving offense. If they just hold on to the ball a lot, I'll be happy. But I would. I, I'm going to yeah. go. I'm going to go thirty eight. For the mm. Penn State offense, and um, I'm going to say uh, I I wanted Penn State to hold uh, Michigan State out of the end zone. I'm going to th- I'm going to say we're going to do that against Illinois. I'm going six for Illinois. Mm. So okay. so 38 Good. to six is Good. my pick. 38 to six. You know, so interestingly enough, Dad, I, I mentioned the last time we played Illinois, we scored 35 in the fourth quarter to beat them oh. 63 to 24. Oh yeah, um, that was a, so. Mm. So you know, <laughs> the old Penn State team could do thirty-five and a and a quarter, and where Andy's hope we're struggling hoping, to get thirty in a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I I think, um, and for what it's worth, Vegas is calling a fourteen and a half point, um, you know, a, a spread here between us. Uh, and, Are they? And, okay. Yeah, I mean, and and they 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 said the same thing last week against Michigan State. 
um, which, you know, not, not bad. <laughs> I think that the Penn State covered that. Um, and while I don't truly follow the, those Vegas numbers too much, um, I, I I think that this is going to be Penn State's largest scoring output for the second week in a row. I think we can crack 40. I'm going to say mm. we score 42. I think we're going to score 42 here. And and I think uh, Illinois might get in the 17-point range. Um, and, and maybe, you know, it's supposed to be a clear day, like you said, Andy. It's going to be cold, but I mm-hmm. think, you know, this is an, just an opportunity to play a bonus game in Beaver Stadium in the latest game in history. I think the team— um, I think they're going to be energized. I think we'll see an energized team. I mean, like, 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 have fun out there. I think that's a, that. This is going to be a way for this team to have fun is to put on kind of a show, um, and and it'll it'll possibly lead to the, the to the conversation of what happens next. That you know, after yeah. the Illinois game, a, a bowl game, you know, and 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 the one bowl game that that um, you know we're hearing our name being tossed around for dad is this uh duke's mayo bowl game in charlotte and that game is on the 26th i believe no no oh, that's my. on the 30th oh is it's it the, okay it's a guaranteed rate bowl that's oh, on the 26th in phoenix on the 26th yeah and and you know if they get that game the, the one on the 26th you'd have your 10th game in a row no bye weeks no mm-hmm. no nothing mm-hmm. think about that for a bowl game no you go nine regular season games and then boom, right into a bowl game the following week. These these this team on this win streak, maybe that will be a good thing for them. But we got to beat Illinois first, obviously, and and take care of business. I'm almost talking. I hope the team isn't just assuming what we are assuming, which would be a an ill, an, you know, a, a, yeah, they can't, a route they can't at take Illinois. it for granted. They can't take I, it for granted. Yeah, they, we, you know, I, we we already are almost, you know. Which well, is I think bad. if if they put it all together and they play focused the way they should, I think. I think we could see yeah. a really dominant victory. Agreed, um, agreed. And yet, it, it uh, you know, it's worth saying yet again. I'll take any win. I, sure. I, I, yes. I, I would. I mean, I I was talking to Eileen last night, and we were talking about our game schedule because Notre Dame plays at four and Penn State at five thirty. So we're Eileen, and, his wife, by the yeah, way. My, yeah, um, you're just so, tuning in. So she said, she's like, well, you know, you haven't really been that fun to watch these games with. <laughs> Oh my! God. Oh man! <laughs> so angry. Yes, because because like, well, how, how about those raven, ravens? Oh, that was a great game. But you know way. what it is? It's our expectations. The last four well, years have been yeah, elevated to a certain standard. I just want to see the team not play, you know, mistake prone, gaff ridden. You, you know, I, that like I don't mind playing a team that. You know, playing a team close who is a, a you know a, a challenging, tough opponent. But what I hate watching is is just things falling apart and it's and JV stuff. Yeah, exactly. Even that the, the Michigan State game, um, th- there was there was some of that stuff. You know that that second quarter, you know, face missing plant tackles, on the defense and missing. Yeah, you know, it, it just it. You want to see that this team has taken that next step, and that's what I'm hoping for. You know, again. Any win is a good win, you know. Any game yep. that you win is is a is a good game. But you know, it's I would love to have at least one game where you feel like the satisfaction of having a dominant performance. I hope we see that against Illinois. Well, you Here, know, here's Il- what I let me just say this. Yeah. Here's what I would love to see. I would love to see the defense get a, a score. Yeah, a that pick would be six nice. or scoop a scoop and, and score. Sack, score. sack, scoop and score. 
I would love or a safety the, even. Yeah. I would love to I see love that defense. Well, yeah, I'll take it. Let's mm-hmm. like the Browns at the last play of the game, <laughs> which which made that game cover. <laughs> um, no, but I would love to see um, the defense put some points on the board, similar to how the special teams did this past week. Yeah. And that would be, I think, one way that we get up to that upper thirties and into the forties. Keeping but... keeping them out of the game and keeping them away from believing yeah. they can win. How about you, Dad? What were you gonna? You were about to say something. I well, you. just the, you know, everybody remembers this. You may have all, you probably already talked about it, but the classic, at least for me, Illinois Penn State game is 1994. We are rolling. We're highly ranked. Uh, we might have been one, two, or three. I, I don't recall. I think we were but one. Uh, yeah, we go into uh, you know to play Illinois. I happened to be. It's the second time I'll <laughs> I was in Orlando for a totally different reason than, than the other men's. But I, I was uh, doing uh, recording sessions down at Full Sail and got back. You know, we were expecting to – I was certainly expecting we would roll over Illinois. I get back to my hotel. It's like the first quarter is just ending. I turn on the TV in my room, and we're down 21 nothing. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. What is going on? And um, it's one of the greatest. A living nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of the greatest comebacks in, uh, in uh, you know, certainly Penn State history. And, and we managed to take it right down into the fourth quarter. And, uh, I mean, it's called the drive. Yeah, yeah. right, yep. right. The drive. 96 yards or something with, you know, about two minutes on the minutes clock or less yeah, than yeah. that or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So in some it, ways it, it it characterized how good that team was more than some of the other dominant wins. Yeah, well, and how when determined. you had to have it no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And our and our fullbacks uh uh really made it Milne. a big difference. Yep. Well, yeah. look, I really hope we don't have to um come back against right. this Illinois team. But, but you never know is the show point. Exactly. Any given Saturday, yeah. yep. you don't know who's showing up. Yeah, just I mean, like... LSU beat uh, yeah. Florida. Yeah. yeah. LSU yeah. beat Florida. And Florida you know? dropped a whole... Uh, one you know, whole... The college football playoff dropped them yeah. one whole Speaking spot. of... Speaking yeah. of... Uh, Illegitimate. Know, beauty pageants and things like yeah. that. But whatever. Uh, that's not Penn State's conversation or worry this year. Indiana can't even the top 10. Yeah, that's that's a shame. Well, look, um, Dad, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your pick. Um, Thirty-one to ten was your pick. I was going uh, thirty-eight to six. Tom, uh, you had what thirty? Forty-two no, 40? to seventeen. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll we'll figure out. Maybe next week we'll be previewing a bowl game and another Rick's pick. Uh, perhaps mm. and well, we we'll, figured we'll see out, how we did. We figured out how to do this um, technology is a wonderful thing. Three people, three different locations. Last time, my dad and I were sharing one microphone. I don't think it was Andy's favorite editing situation. We were um, sharing here, your here beard. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Three, three people, three locations, three Each different and mics, with and it all worked with personal space. Yeah, <laughs> which we desperately Except all for need you in the yeah. closet, Tom. Yeah. Well, I like. But it in any way, uh, th- nesting. Thanks for joining us. Um, Tom, thanks for a, another great podcast. It always starts with I love you. And it always ends with I love you. It always love you, bro. Love you I too, love Dad. you guys. We are Penn, Penn State. State. Talk to you guys soon. Always ends with, huh? <laughs> How do I turn this thing off? Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. 
Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 